0: How much you want to bet, you'll be hearing that a lot here soon. Yeah. If, if, this new North Carolina bill that would legalize mobile sports wagering goes through. Brian Murphy over at WREL, he'll be co-hosting tomorrow here on The Fan, has a new story up today. The proposal to legalize mobile sports wagering is similar to last year's final legislation, which fell by a single vote in the House. So, w- sports... Wagering would be legal in the north in North Carolina, but it would be limited to in-person betting hmm. at three tribal casinos in the state. The legislation would allow for widespread gambling by adults in North Carolina on all matters of sports, including college athletic events, through mobile betting, though. Uh the betting would begin on February first or 2nd of 2024, according to the bill's sponsors. The Super Bowl, by the way, would be February 11th, so it would be online and ready to go before the Super Bowl. Apparently, supporters are optimistic they have the votes to pass the bill this year, citing changes to the makeup of the legislature and additional time to address the concerns of critics. So the way this will work, and we'll talk to Brian Murphy about this a little bit more tomorrow, but it's got a clear several House committees before a vote by the entire House. Then it also has to pass the Senate. And then be signed the law by Governor Roy Cooper. The Senate passed last year's legislation, and Cooper is very much in favor of this. We just gotta get it through the House. And it's 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 the it's the education of the critics that I'm guessing was the most important aspect of this. Because based on my understanding of what's going through right now, it's not all that different from the one from last year. But the issue that we had last year is that we had, folks. Clutching pearls over concerns that apparently aren't the case for things like selling alcohol or lottery tickets. And when you invoke issues that happened 60 years ago, like the Dixie Classic, yeah, it shows you two things. One, times have changed. Mm-hmm. Two, things like the Dixie Classic would not have occurred if legalized sports wagering was a thing. It's the biggest misconception when we talk about gambling it actually is a safety net this you, <laughs> you're dealing with people's money for real and if things pop up like point shaving if officials are in on it like a Tim Donaghy situation well most of those scandals are discovered by the house it's it's discovered by Vegas because it's in their best interest to make sure that what you're watching is on the up and up so this the concerns around this are kind of comical and every time that we get concerned about vices like alcohol sales at college sporting events has it really affected or changed anything not really you can make the argument in in terms of alcohol consumption at college events it's actually reduced some incidents because people are less likely to pound the last beer before they go in the building and obviously the price of beer in the building is going to keep you from buying three to four different beers especially at 13 bucks a pop next up
1: one of the four all of the four or half of the four
0: every day we're going to give you the mock drafts because we're officially in mock draft season yesterday I will admit that I got irrationally upset by a USA Today mock draft because (laughs) there we go I got upset because even though the point of the draft, the mock draft, was to do all the trades, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was completely farcical. It was it was the silliest of mock drafts, right? Well, but that's the,
1: also known as a mock draft.
0: But, but what bothered me was when they talked about, well, you know, David Tepper's been quiet. What? <laughs> no, no, no. The that's owner funny. of... No, he has not. So uh, we've got a new mock draft that Dennis put on my radar, and it's from Chris Trapasso. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, CBS. Uh,
0: oh, this one's locked. It won't let me see it. Oh, it won't? No. Oh, like, I'll must I'll, I'll, it I'll do then. this next. Oh, I got it. All right, I got oh, it. Got I got it, it through. Okay. All right. So he's got his new 2023 two-round mock draft. He's got crazy stuff like Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, Lamar Jackson to the Commanders, Ooh. and more QB chaos. This mock is loaded with trades involving the quarterback position. Of course. So, this is if you, we've been doing this every day to illustrate a point when it comes to mock drafts. I hope people have picked up on what we're doing. Okay. Mock drafts are the equivalent of fan fiction. Mm -hmm. You like The Mandalorian. You like Star Trek. You like Harry Potter. People will take their fandom and go next level and they'll do fan fiction about this stuff, right? Dennis, you're a comic book guy. You know it. There's all the stuff that happens in the comic books, and then there's the other stuff where people are like, well, I'm shipping these two characters together, even though it'll never happen in the comics. Well, that's mock drafts. It is just another form of fan fiction for grown-ass men to live their fantasies out Mm -hmm. for us. And in this particular one, the part that cracked me up was that they had Anthony Richardson going, one, Yeah. In a trade. The The Chicago Bears trading out and giving it to the Indianapolis Colts. That's crazy. Bryce Young, number two to the Houston Texans. And then the Panthers move up to the fifth pick in a mock trade from the Seattle Seahawks to take, you guessed it, Will Levis. Yes. Maybe. This was my blurb. This was the blurb that cracked me up for the Panthers from uh, the CBS Sports writer. I can't get away from this trade. It's too perfect. The Seahawks slide back with Carter and Anderson off the board, and the Panthers don't have to trade an arm and a leg to get Levis. I love that. I can't get away from this trade. It's too perfect, which means it's not going to happen. Next up.
1: One, two, three. By the way, I'm keeping a running total of all the mocks
0: please do i am please do but again the the point that we're trying to make with these mock drafts they're just fan fiction and the way and it's made for seo headline searches is to get the people going and it's hilarious when you look at it through that lens much like aaron rogers is pretty damn hilarious apparently he has emerged from his darkness retreat was from the Lego movie?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Lego Batman. Yeah.
0: More yeah. Oh, it's like Re- Lego Batman. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, ha- I-, I want to believe that's what Aaron Rodgers was doing in this Hobbit hole that he was yeah. in. Yeah. So, according to an ESPN story, I guess he was on with Pat McAfee. Of course. Coming out of this darkness retreat. <laughs> and... <laughs> So here's the here's the blurb. Rogers, 39, completed his darkness retreat at Sky Cave on Wednesday, according to Scott Berman, who owns the facility on hundreds of acres of forest land in southern Oregon. Our boss Paul's from Oregon. I wonder if he knows this place.
1: Probably does.
0: I wonder if he spent some time in the darkness cave. The quarterback, who has played his entire 18-year career in Green Bay, hasn't said whether he's going to play in 2023 before entering the retreat he said he was hoping to have a better sense of where i am in my life but also i'm not going to go into the retreat just to figure out whether he's going to play or retire he's still under contract according to the owner of the room in which rogers spent his time is partially underground they described it as hobbit like i was just joking yeah i serious i thought like oh, it's like a hobbit hole right no no it's hobbit like from lord of the rings with 300 square feet of space devoid what? of light a queen bed, well, that's nice. A bathroom, that's good. And a meditation mat on the floor. It's fully powered, so at any point, the lights can be turned on from inside the room. So this is where I say, once again, Aaron Rodgers is full of crap, man. You're going to, oh, I'm going into this darkness retreat. I'm going to go truly find myself. I'm sorry when you have the ability to flick the lights on anytime you want that tells me you're soft. Straight up soft. I got to go to the bathroom, pee in the dark like a real man. Darkness. No parents. Next up.
2: And I don't even care who number 2 is.
0: UNC and State in action last night. NC State with a nice win over Wake Forest. That was a, that was a fun half of basketball at PNC Arena. And then Wake Forest's inability to play consistent defense caught up to them. NC State ended up rolling them. North Carolina had the opposite. That was the opposite of fun in the first half against Notre Dame. They shot a dismal, dismal three-point percentage, but they managed to eke out a win mainly through working the boards. That's the advantage. That's their matchup advantage on Notre Dame. And they completely dominated Notre Dame on the offensive boards and uh, managed to eke out a win up at Notre Dame. But this is where the vibes are different. Whereas NC State is having a hell of a lot of fun, North Carolina doesn't seem to be having any fun at all. And while you can give them some kind of credit for overcoming a terrible first half at Notre Dame, winning gets you nothing. They're back to where I thought they were after a dominating performance over Clemson and Chapel Hill a week ago. Do it again. Do it against a good team, which they failed to do against Miami. They failed to do against NC State and now they'll have to do this against Virginia on Saturday, or their NCAA tournament chances are truly sunk, truly sunk if they lose on Saturday. Because right now, even with the win against Notre Dame, a lot of the bracket projections have North Carolina just outside the field of 68. Over to NC State, where, again, fun game. NC State played better defense than Wake Forest in the second half. That's the difference of the game. And after the game, NC State players like Terquavion Smith were feeling it, and they're calling themselves the best team in the state.
1: Is it safe to say that NC State's the best team in the state? Woo! Yes. Woo! I feel like we are the best team in the state. Uh, we proved it. Uh, any, any, any other end, North Carolina
0: school, 5-1? I mean, he's got a point, right? Tell me he's wrong. Kevin Keats, NC State head basketball coach said the game was special because of the 1983 team that was there to be honored for the 40th anniversary of their national championship.
3: I wanted these guys' experience over the last couple days to kind of be perfect. And from my standpoint, perfect was being able to to win on the night that they were going to be honored. And so uh, give give all of our players a lot of credit. Um, I thought they stepped up. Uh, We needed the win for, obviously, us. Um, to get to 12 wins in the conference, and I think 22 overall. But it wasn't just a a win. It was a special night with so many special guys in the building.
0: That's Kevin Keats on the win last night. And again, special guys in the building. One of those guys was Sidney Lowe, former NC State coach, part of that 1983 championship team. He rocked the red blazer. He said he hadn't worn the red blazer since his last year at NC State as head coach in the ACC tournament. Keats talked about having low back and how great that was.
3: It was great to have Sydney low back. I mean it really was. Um you know Sydney's been really good to me. Um you know obviously outstanding player here and you know I was able to send a couple guys uh, Lorenzo Brown to him and a few other guys but you know uh, obviously his his experience as a coach didn't didn't go well as he would liked but for him to come back and celebrate with his teammates that says a lot about him. So, uh, I thought I thought that was I thought that made the night really special.
0: That's Kevin Keats, NC State head basketball coach, and I, and I agree. Uh, th- there was a weird perception as though because of his coaching stint at NC State not being successful, somehow people were not appreciative of Sidney Lowe. That couldn't be further from the truth. I think most people understood that Sidney Lowe was in a bad situation. He was not the first choice for Lee Fowler, the athletic director at the time for NC State, who swung big. For John Calipari and missed. There was the Rick Barnes obsession at that time. And then there's also a a, a, a bizarro timeline in the MCU where John Beeline takes the job at oh, NC yeah. State. But because of buyout quibbling, it didn't happen. So when you're on like the seventh choice and Sidney Lowe takes the job, I think people understood what the situation was. Uh, Sidney Lowe did the best that he could. And it what just wasn't meant to be, and nobody begrudges him for that. So I think last night was good validation for Sidney Lowe to be back in the building and get the ovation that he got. Next up. One. The ACC is not so hot. This is not a controversial thing to say.
4: one three two one five or text Tim to 600700.
0: The ACC is running out of time. The ACC and Virginia, Virginia losing to Boston College last night was not a good look for the league. I think that's fine. I think it's okay to say that the league is having a down regular season. But, like last year, the ACC can have a strong march. They had three Elite Eight teams, two Final Four teams, one team in the championship. All right? The perceptions of the league and why they are what they are right now are really easily explained. Are Duke and Carolina championship contenders? The answer to that is no. Carolina's, Carolina's a mess, right? We don't know what Carolina's going to be. I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament because I don't have the confidence in them to beat Virginia and Duke and go on a run in the ACC tournament. And while I am bullish on Duke, I like Duke. I don't view them as a national title contender. They're a team that I think can get get to the Sweet 16, and we'll see how the bracket shakes out for them, but I don't see them as a title contender. So the league and the best teams are your non-traditional squads. Miami might find itself as the best team in the ACC. People view that as a bad thing for the ACC, even though we know better than that. But those are the perceptions. That's how we talk about it. It is what it is. Steve Forbes, Wake Forest head coach. Great dude. We love talking to him. I think he's good for the ACC. But even he recognizes that as a guy who's trying to rebuild Wake Forest, he is not a voice that national folks are going to listen to when it comes to the perception of the league. And he highlighted that when he wanted other coaches to speak up for the league last night. Maybe we need
1: to do a better job of talking about our league as coaches, I think we should all be supporting each other. I'm so happy for Kevin. Man, he turned to state, he had a hard, he came in here and won last year, and we got him at our place, but he came in and swept us. And, and I know he was feeling some heat. He's doing a hell of a job. Just like John Shire is doing a hell of a job following a, a final, a, a legend. It'd be like following John Wooden. Would you, would you want to do that? Gene Barto lasted two years doing that. And then he went to UAB and started a program. Okay. And think he lost two games too. I don't know, man. I, I just think uh we got a great product. We've had some Hall of Fame coaches retire. Two two guys on Mount Rushmore. There's gonna be a little bit of that, but it can't be me, cause and it can't be Mike Young, so It's gotta be some of these other guys that you know are that are um have accomplished a lot in this league. I'm just trying to get our program back to being competitive and respectful.
0: I, mean, I totally agree with, with Steve Forbes. And while he won't say it in that clip from last night, I know exactly what he was trying to say. Rather than Jim Beheim complaining about who bought who, which doesn't do anybody any good, or Jim Beheim arguing with his own local media, you know what? Maybe stump for the league. But Jim Beheim doesn't give a damn about the ACC. That matters. Meanwhile, you got guys like Tony Bennett. I respect Tony Bennett. He's done a hell of a job building that program. He's a national champion. Okay? But Tony Bennett's not a a guy who cares about working the media game. The coaches who do, like Steve Forbes or Jeff Capel, aren't quite there yet at their respective programs to kind of command the room. And and Jeff Capel tried. He tried earlier this week at at the ACC teleconference on Monday. He talked about the perception of the league, and he echoed a lot of what Steve Forbes had to say. You know, he did the classic, I don't understand it, but then explained why it is the way that it is.
3: I don't really understand it. You know, to be completely honest with you I don't know if that you know coach Smith coach K coach Williams I don't know if it's because they're not here anymore um so the national reputation of that coach Patino same thing um but I don't really get it you know when you look at the success that we've had in the NCAA tournament when you look at the success we've had um in the ECC Big Ten challenge uh if you look at what our guys have done nationally, um as far as coaching, as far as players, as far as talent, as far as draft picks, you know, all of those things, it's 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 more than anyone. And so uh I've never really understood it. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: That's Jeff Capel, pit head coach. And I know exactly where he's coming from, but he just referenced the issue is that we've seen a transition in who the top guys are. And there's another factor as well, and that's the changing media landscape. And unfortunately, the ACC and those who cover the league are dwindling, okay? I don't know how else to put it. The league coverage is dwindling. And when your newspapers, your television outlets, your radio programs Mm -hmm. don't spend as much time talking about you because, well, there's not a lot of us left, those days of the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s where the center of the college basketball universe was covered by people in North Carolina, covered by people in Virginia, at really strong newspapers. Well, that perception then gets left to the Internet outlets that are spending a lot of time talking about college basketball, and they're spending a lot more time talking about the Big 12. They're spending a lot more time talking about the Big 10. They're in SEC lands and everything else. So there's a bit of media landscape change that has also affected the way that we talk about the league. And there's really nothing they can do about it because the ACC network is not that powerful in terms of creating conversation. So it is what it is.
1: And when's the last time you saw, like you mentioned, Tony Bennett do anything national, like on a college game day no, on a Saturday to. morning? Yeah, exactly. He refuses to. You see that, coaches from other conferences do it. but That's
0: his right. Yeah. It's his right. But if people want to complain about the perception of the league, well, you got to look to your top guys to help you there. And Tony Bennett's just not interested in playing that game. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he can or he can't. I'm simply pointing out when Tony Bennett is this dude that hates talking to the media. Well, the perception of your league is going to change. For all the faults you have with K, K promoted the league. Yeah. Okay. For all the faults you might find with Roy, Roy stumped for his school
4: and he did national media. I don't know what else to tell you. Tim Donnelly here for DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of NASCAR, and it is now live in North Carolina. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime, anywhere, right here in North Carolina with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code 999 and bet $5 will receive $250 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more, with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, using code 999 and bet $5 to get $250 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 999. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 777 185 543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov. 21 plus, North Carolina only. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, deposit, and eligibility restrictions apply. Terms at draftkings.com slash sportsbook slash NC. NASCAR is not a sponsor of this promotion and used under license.
0: Joining us on the Easter Automotive Hotline, CBS Sports' Ion College Basketball podcast. He's my friend Matt Norlander. I like to uh, position Matt Norlander as the basketball Illuminati, the tastemaker, when it comes to how we talk about these things. And Matt, A, what up, man? B, why do we got to be dogging the ACC all the time, man? Why you got to be tweeting out about how they're Ken Palm 7, dude? What's going on, man?
2: Oh, facts don't care about your feelings, Obvious. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? What do you want? And, and by the way, when this happened, a couple things on this as we get rolling. Yeah. When this happened... It 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 dropped. This was what a week and a half ago when the ACC dropped below the Mountain West and Ken Palm's conference ratings. It's it's not just Ken Palm, by the way. Every, pretty much every predictive metric. Oh has sure, the right, of the ACC. right, 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 right. Um, so it had just happened. Uh It has gotten worse since. Like the Mountain West's, from a data standpoint, performance as a league collectively is now comfortable. How about this? I'm looking at it right now. The Mountain West lead over the ACC is greater than the ACC's lead over the American right now. And the Mountain West right now is just about even with its distance of fifth place Pac-12 as a, as the distance between the Mountain West and the ACC. So okay. when all this happened, what I, I knew this was the case, but you really know this is the case. Man, I got some SEC football pride in my mentions from the ACC fans trying to make excuses over this. Two things can be true at once. You can have a super, super down year and a deflating year, and you can also have teams that are capable of going to the NCAA tournament because, as you well know, there was a lot of, oh, but wait a second. Let's go back and look at the past decade of NCAA tournament performance. From the ACC, I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just giving you empirical data about every single team. Every team counts. Miami and Virginia count just as much as Boston College, Florida State, and Louisville count. It all goes into one pot, and right now the ACC is firmly – seventh best, and from that standpoint, it is headed toward one of its worst seasons, if not its worst season in the metrics New Age data era.
0: I would argue, though, that Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, joining us here on the OG, CBS Sports, Ion College Basketball podcast, highly recommend. Thank you. Here's the thing. I can't disagree with the numbers. I can't. But sometimes I do feel that we get a little too caught up in the numbers. And that comes at the expense of entertainment. I would argue that regardless of how you feel about the ACC and where they might rank in Ken Palm and what their overall net numbers are, although don't get me started on net because
2: people still don't even know. As you you say this, sorry to interject, I will literally tell you that you asked me to come on the show. Mm -hmm. And within 10 minutes of that happening, there was an assistant in the ACC that literally texted me. (laughs) And I have not returned the call. Can you explain the net? Three question marks. We'll follow as well your Dude, way. We
0: talked. We talked to Steve Forbes awake Wake Forest earlier this week. I felt like we got him warmed up. Jillio and I yeah. got him warmed up this week because he went on a net rant last night at PNC oh, he's, Arena. Oh, he's
2: done that as well. Don't even get the, the coach. my question is not Forbes. And trust me, I've also had this question with Forbes. Continue. So my point is, I Luke DeCock, a columnist for the News and Observer, and I had this
0: conversation ahead of the NC State Duke game at PNC Arena months ago that, man, this ACC season, this kind of like, it hasn't really gotten going. It's kind of miserable. It's whatever. But from that point on, I would argue that the ACC season, in terms of storylines, in, in, in terms of the you got me at, my, at, at, you got me at your place, we're going to get you at our place, it's actually been a pretty entertaining ACC season. Maybe it's because we're in the middle of it, because NC State is good and they're a hell of a lot of fun for a variety of reasons, and that I'm bullish on Duke and North Carolina's got its issues which we which which we can get into in a second. It's been an entertaining ACC season regardless of the numbers. I don't know if you pick up on that on the national level.
2: I think there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the actual value of entertainment for a lot of ACC now or, or value of entertainment to watch the league or the discussion points that come out of it are I think are are two in one, right? Yeah. Like you've got you've got Duke Losing the way that it did against Virginia, don't look back in anger. Look what Duke's done since, right? It's been it's been good. It has not lost since as we record this, and it's it's heading toward probably a good seed. And Duke is is a team that's capable at yes. the top of the league. Virginia losing at Boston College, notwithstanding. Yeah, well, you've got. Listen, objectively, in my opinion, Miami, Virginia, Duke. Okay, are your pragmatic. Second weekend NCAA tournament-capable teams.
0: Not NC State.
2: I need to see a little bit more. They are getting there. NC State is handling success relatively well. Okay. I'm even good with State splitting the final two. Home against a desperate Clemson team at Duke. More than okay splitting that. I'm even okay with State making, say, the ACC semis. And that's – I don't I, – State doesn't need to prove anything to me. State is going to the tournament. Keats has done a good job. Sure. And it has, on a national level, blended into the environment. While I know it's been obviously a very hot topic in your area, rightfully so. You are a homer. I get all of that. State is just – it is it is a house – and I kid. It is a house money situation from a national perspective. Keats had some, some pressure on his job. T- I would not put that team – into the same pot me personally just yet okay if you win at duke i would change my mind right. i would change, I, I gotta see that then i change right. my mind all right
0: gotcha matt norlander cbs sports ion college basketball podcast joining us here on the og he's on the on the heister automotive group hotline all right the other thing too about you know the state of the acc and the discourse around it I understand coaches are not happy with the way that the ACC is being discussed. And while I'm not exactly a fan of Jim Boeheim, Syracuse head coach and how he's gone about things this year, I do agree with what he stated at the beginning of the season when he talked about the NCAA tournament. And it is about what we value. I mean, do we value a regular season that is probably too long that probably needs to be rethought of um, versus the NCAA tournament, which is where all the eggs are in the basket, your are Your employer, you know, puts all the emphasis on what the tournament's going to be, you know, who's in,
2: who's out, uh, and obviously who ends up winning the thing. I would push back. I feel that CBS does a good job at presenting context of college basketball in the regular season and that another company puts way too much. I'm not saying that we don't value the tournament. We do. It's a massive behemoth. But, you pay a bunch
0: you pay a bunch of money for it. But yes, correct. I get I get and, what you're saying. It's
2: a huge event. But I, I think we actually do a pretty good job of balancing coverage in the moment week by week as the season goes along. I see. I, I see. Really I, see. I know I'm picking Did up. Do you agree up. with that? I think that's objectively true. No, but, I
0: think I you know what? The way the we way, way breaking
2: you, into games to talk about bubble teams for an entire segment on on those broadcasts. So
0: I am you know what? You're right. I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. However, I think we can agree that the NCAA tournament is the point, right? I mean, this is how the this is how you're judged in college basketball, and that's the one consistency that the ACC has had. We can sit here and, and and beat our chest about our regular season success, like the Big Ten might, but look at the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament. So, what do you value? And from your perspective, what is it that you know? If we're if we're judging conference strength, what are you going to base it on? What it matters the most in March? Or what happens in some early non-conference games where transfers, freshmen really make it difficult to assess just how good you might be in
2: November and December. Some might say that, yes, when you look at the entirety of a season and you have the all of the data points, right, the huge sample size, that's what it is. And you know what? Yeah, there's some nuance to what you are on November 23rd when you're playing in a, maybe a premier multi-team event, MTE for short, yeah. uh, to use college basketball lingo. But the games count, and they should count the same, by the way. A, a game then just should count just as much as NC State playing at Duke to wrap up the regular season when it comes to evaluating a resume. But I have, I've said this often. I've written it before. I'm good with oh, – I'm mostly good with, uh, with the social contract – that college basketball has with its media, its fans, the sport uh, overall, and that NCAA tournament is the best event in sports as far as I'm concerned. And I say that as someone who loves many, many sports, but there's yeah. nothing like the tournament. And there's going to be, it, the trade-off is that you have this thing that becomes part of the culture for three weeks. I would actually argue it comes becomes part of the culture for a month. It absolutely is a part of the culture for even longer than that in mm-hmm. your specific area. But the trade, and I'm talking, I'm not talking sports culture. I'm talking literally pop culture. Okay, yeah. the tournament just it is a part of the fabric. But because it is such a massive event, uh, and these results can sometimes sometimes be randomized, it will draw people to have certain talking points and react to one certain game to what you did or you did not do. And would that be more reflective of a conference's strength if we look up and we see if Virginia? Let's let's toss them in NC State. Sure. I'll, I'll uh, NC State. Hello, yeah, you're you're going to Louisville for the regional semi, Sweet 16. You're there. So let's say Virginia, Miami, NC State. That's your three. Three mm-hmm. ACC teams make the Sweet 16. Will there be some crowing, some peacocking? There absolutely will be. I don't know though.
0: I, and the I, reason I the, the reason why I say I don't know is because it's not the right teams, right? I mean, we see this with football in the ACC, and we're going to be that's doing good. this with basketball as well. Duke and Carolina are the things that ultimately. Uh, are the bellwether for the ACC. And I guess we can close the conversation on this. Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, joining us I on College Basketball Podcast. I, this is not me saying I told you so when it comes to North Carolina. It's simply saying that the nature of college basketball is so different now that we cannot treat what we've seen in the past historically as though it's the same thing today, right? And with North Carolina, there is a 3-year sample size now with this core group that has crossed over between Roy Williams's last season as the head coach and now two seasons for Hubert Davis. And all of all of 2021 was a bit of an up and down year for Roy Williams and a good reason why he said I'm out of here, man. Like I'm I'm done. Like this new era of college basketball, I I just can't get with. And up until about February 16th, I think it was February 16th when they lost to Pitt. Uh, at home, and they were, and their manhood was essentially questioned by one of their former players, Jason Capel, an assistant at Pitt, and Brady Manick coming on and getting hot, that was the outlier. And what we're seeing and what we have seen this year for the core group of Armando Baycott, R.J. Davis, and Caleb Love is right back to what we saw all of in Roy Williams' last season, all up until Brady Manick got hot and everything kind of fell into place from there, and then now all of this season. They can't – their offense is a mess – Defensively, they are inconsistent. And if I'm Hubert Davis, I'm actually this is not a very um, this, this is not a very popular opinion, but I'm very much thinking that Hubert Davis is going. I'm ready for this era to end so that I can get my guys in and there's a clean slate at UNC because that's what I think UNC needs. They're not having a turnaround. They're not going to just magically turn it back on again and get some bracket luck or use Duke as some sort of, you know honing device or some sort of water divining thing to find themselves at the end of the season it's a wrap for unc and i think last night against notre dame is even more proof of that
2: yeah is the season sliding away to a certain extent yes um i think you could be on to something that that like hubert would never admit that publicly nor should he no, of course he? not of course but, not. On, he would never level, admit that. on a certain level might you be just ready for a regeneration you know to use uh, some Dr. Who terminology. <laughs> I, I I do think, uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I-, uh, I Come I, on, I, you know I'm a nerd. Let's go. Um, no, I, I, I'm with you on that. Okay. I was wrong about Carolina. I did buy into this being the understandable preseason number one team, but everyone was wrong about Carolina. Okay, everyone. And I'm still right here- Right now, be here now, okay?
0: You're all, you're all. For those who are, are listening on the radio, Matt's got an Oasis shirt on today. This, this is Oasis reference number three, I think. But I go think
2: ahead. At, I'm up to five. I was not going to say anything, but yeah. Oh, okay, I got you. All right, I mean, been I'm catching. Gonna... Him. I've been catching them. Okay. So um, I do this on HQ occasionally, by the way. I'll put an album behind me, and I'll slide <laughs> in a lyric, or I'll, I'll just, and I don't tell anyone. I just do it for the real ones that know. Um, I am still going to buy what? I'm still going to buy Carolina making the tournament. That's all home against Virginia at Florida state, home against Duke and then the ACC tournament. I'm going to buy that. I can't help myself. All right. I think this group is going to get into the tournament. I, I I'm ready to be wrong again. Trust me. Okay. Really ready to be wrong. All right. all right. But, and I will tell you this, cause I was thinking about this and I haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Cause I was watching them play That's it's Notre Dame and hopefully they played previous to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina will be like the irresistible watch if ever there was one. Just get him in the bracket. In the bracket. Doesn't matter the team. Aren't you giving away care. the game, though? You're giving away the game.
0: Because if if you, if you strip that Carolina blue off, man, if you take the I, Argyle oh. off and you make it NC State with the same situation, they ain't getting in. But you just gave away the game. That, hey, you know, here's this team that we're on a run last year. And we haven't unseen it. We can't forget it. It's Carolina. Oh, my goodness. These were recognizable names. And, we can, we, and this, is again, gets back to facts don't care about your feelings except when the feelings come in and the feelings are coming through
2: when it comes to North Carolina. All I can say is UNC fans are going by one motto right now. I hope, I think, I know. Go ahead and check it out if you're unfamiliar. Be Here Now. Disastrous 1997 album by Oasis. That's one of the songs on it.
0: <laughs> Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, Ion College Basketball. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later, man. Thank you, Joe.
3: Everybody got to-